Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my friend and co-host Alex. And I feel like it was the last game against the Eagles about a month ago uh, when I said this is going to be one of the shortest, if not the shortest, recaps here uh, on the Giant Take Podcast ever. I now changed my mind to say this is probably going to be one of the shortest recaps in the Giant Take history because it was all bench players, which we never had before really playing, uh, for a positive reason at least. We've had bench players playing before, uh, but not for positive reasons. It's because the Giants made the playoffs, and we were not uh, we were resting our starters to have them not get injured before our wildcard game next week, which we now have a, game, uh, a confirmed opponent for Super Wildcard Weekend being the Minnesota Vikings, a very, very good opponent for the Giants to face. I think a very even matchup. Why do I say that? Because, well, the Giants and Vikings faced only a few weeks ago, and that game came down to a uh, game-winning 60-plus yard field goal by Greg Joseph on the Minnesota Vikings to secure them a victory. Now let's hope that goes the opposite way. The Giants will hopefully have a Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney back for this game, which they didn't the last time they played the Vikings, and they were able to hang in there against the top-tier wide-receiving core of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Osborne. I forget his first name, but I got the last name at least, so that's KJ. a good thing. KJ Osborne. Thank you, Alex. But um, we are here to, to recap this Eagles game. Uh, so we will do that, but then obviously the second half towards like three-quarter mark of this episode, we will talk a little bit um, Vikings and playoffs, but we're going to have a preview for that too. It's not like we're going to go without a playoff game preview. Of course, we're going to have a preview for you uh, on Friday later in the week. Alex, honestly, I had no notes uh, of this game. I was like, okay, this will be a five-minute episode when the Giants were down, whatever it was, 16 nothing at halftime. I mean, they literally had zero points on the board. And then Kenny Galladay gets a one-handed touchdown in the back of the end zone. I'm like, okay, we can talk on this podcast about Kenny Galladay for two hours. We're fine. I have, I have stuff to talk about now. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But first of all, before I forget, how are you doing? I mean, I'm doing great. The greatest play in Giants history, Kenny Galladay, back corner touchdown over big play Slay, uh, who really shouldn't have that nickname considering he got, uh, he didn't even get mossed. He got just beat. Uh, by Kenny Galladay, who hasn't scored a touchdown his entire Giants career uh, and hasn't looked like a shell, of, he's looked like a shell of himself for the past 
I don't know, two, three years now. I mean, that, that shot was obviously crazy. Um, I mean, shot, I don't even know what I'm talking about. That catch was crazy, you know, just lofted up there by Davis Webb. Uh, and Kenny Galladay comes down with it. But overall, uh, we can talk about Galladay later. When you look at this game, the Giants, you know, 22-16, the final. Giants hung into this game. The Eagles were forced to play their starters the whole 60 minutes, which was really funny. Um, and we definitely didn't make it easy for them. And our second and third string guys, you know, really, you know, came out to play. And I thought it was really impressive. And this was, uh, I think this really upped the momentum, even though it was technically a loss. I think this still, you know, really, really helped us going forward. And obviously, uh, playoffs next week. And we got all our players nice and rested and hopefully healthy, uh, against the Vikings. Yeah, uh, Alex, I mean, I completely agree with you. We'll go through the stat line, but Davis Webb, uh, I think he played as best as he could. The time we were in the red zone and the uh, back-to-back delay of games, uh, definitely a little frustrating, especially as a Giants fan, whether you care about winning or losing. I always want this Giants team to win. If we were able to spoil the Eagles' chances of getting that number one seed in the NFC, obviously I would want that to happen, especially with the revenge, even though... Um, Doug Peterson isn't the Eagles head coach anymore. They're, it's still the same franchise. So kind of getting that revenge for what happened a few years ago um, with the Nate Sudfeld quarterback situation, that would have been nice, kind of spoil their chances a little bit. It's not like they wouldn't have made the playoffs, but um, you know, would have stopped them from getting the home field advantage and the bye. It is what it is, though. Uh, the, the team, like you said, they gave uh, a ton of effort in this one on offense and on defense. I like to give credit to Wink Martindale's defense for not allowing Jalen Hurts to really scramble uh, with the constant pressure and the blitzing. Jalen Hurts had to throw it away at least five times in this game from like times I can mentally remember in my head. I didn't go back and rewatch the game to find it, but I know five occurrences at least that Jalen Hurts was scrambling out of the pocket, couldn't find an option, and the only thing he can do was throw it away or take a sack. He ended up throwing it away. So Wink Martindale doing the same thing as he does the entire year, except this time with not his top-tier talent and not his starting guys, uh, but was still able to get pressure. A couple of those guys, names-wise, that even Charles Davis and Ian Eagle pointed out on the call, Tomon Fox, the undrafted um, signed rookie uh, for the New York Giants after the draft, also, uh, across from him, Micah McFadden, who has been actually playing with the starters this season, has been getting a lot of starting time, but also started in this game today, uh, and his name was called upon uh, a few times. Ryder Anderson was also applying pressure for this New York Giants team, and those are three guys that I really wanted to highlight. I know Alex is a cornerback to highlight as well, so I'll let, I, I didn't want to steal his guy, but for me, three guys on the line, and also I guess you could say Micah McFadden sometimes in coverage as a linebacker, but definitely coming off the line in Wink Martindale's blitz systems was Micah McFadden, um, I already forgot, uh, Ryder Anderson, there we go, and uh, the third and final guy being Tomon Fox off the line, definitely getting pressure on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, those three guys were all immense, uh, you know, completely agree with you with those three rookies. But for me, who really stood out was Cordell Flott. Uh, after Radarius Williams had some trouble with Mr. A.J. Brown, he was placed one-on-one with A.J. Brown, and he had two pass breakups on A.J. Brown, one nearly a pick. And I thought, uh, you know, this is a really odd matchup, probably one of the skinniest, you know, least, uh, you know, lightest corners in the NFL uh, someone that we keep saying that is going to need to bulk up if he really wants to compete against those bigger receivers, against probably the biggest uh, receiver in terms of, I don't even know, mass, uh, just sheer power. And he was really standing up to him. 
you know, the whole game. And it was really, it was really impressive. And he, you know, he showed off his skills, his instincts. He, you know, didn't necessarily use, you know, a lot of physicality, but I thought it was really impressive and some positive signs and some really nice reps for him going up against an elite receiver like A.J. Brown, who's, you know, almost certainly a top five, top seven, top 10 receiver uh, in the NFL. So uh, really good reps for Cordell Flock there. And I thought overall this whole secondary, yes, there was a few big plays given up, but Rodarius Williams um, and Cordell Flock really held their own on the outside today. And I was was pleasantly surprised by that, uh, along with those young guys on the defensive line. Alex, we're bouncing right back off each other here. Another guy in the secondary, which you said the secondary, but named two guys there. One person you did not mention, Nick McLeod. Yes, there was a roughing the passer in the game. Came right back on the same series, on the same drive for the Philadelphia Eagles. Had a sack on Jalen Hurts, and I believe that was on a goal play, so it knocked them out of, um, I guess, trying to aim for a touchdown. They ended up taking a field goal, I believe. That was on a third and goal uh, for Nick McLeod. He had one and a half sacks. He also had a pass deflection in this game as well. Don't forget about Dane Belton, too, had that huge pick in the end zone uh, to really kind of change the tide there uh, from most likely an Eagles touchdown drive to a Giants drive starting on their own 20. Very true, and the Giants, for a little bit there, you thought that they were back in this game, which they were. They were back in this game. You didn't think they were back. You thought that they had a chance to win this game uh, from how they played. Unfortunately, the Eagles kind of capped it off on a very, very long drive uh, at the end and that's okay because again these are starters and not even just normal starters but starters on a team that's um what is it uh, they're ending their season 14 and 3 which is a franchise record 14 wins in the regular season so it's not just any other ordinary NFL starters if they were playing the Texans starters or something which we can get into that if we were an NFL podcast getting their first number one pick taken away because of a win today but not the point um you're playing a top-tier Eagles offense and defense, and for these guys who are uh, players that are more uh, further down in the depth chart to give it all their effort and only lose by about a touchdown margin, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I think that's what head coach Brian Dable coming in here and Joe Shane and all those guys kind of already showing um, their abilities to hype up this team, keep them engaged. I don't know if you saw Brian Dable on the sidelines, but as... as um, what should I say? As hyped up as ever or as emotional as ever as we always see him on the sidelines. It wasn't anything different in this game. When we saw those back-to-back delay of games for Davis Webb, it wasn't like Brian Dable took his you know, his his foot off the gas. He was screaming, yelling on the sidelines. You saw him give a little talk to Davis Webb too on the sidelines. When Davis Webb came back, uh, Brian Dable was telling him the stuff to do better. You also saw Brian Dable when the Giants secondary made a tackle and they stopped the Eagles from getting a first down. He's getting hyped up. He's jumping up and down. So, um, again, still our same head coach, um, kind of applying these guys to do better, keep their heads held high, and that's exactly what they're going to do, whether the Giants are 9-7-1 and one, or whether they would be, what would it be, 9-10-6-1 or 10, six and one, heading into this game on, well, we don't know the day, but the Super Bowl, it could be on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, according to this um, you know, Super Wild Card Weekend schedule. The NFL is gonna. We're recording this Sunday night. The NFL will release their schedule. I I assume they'll do it after the Packers Lions game tonight about who's playing, uh, just because they want to see if the Packers end up making it in the playoffs. As there is a, a chance for them to still make it, right? So yeah, they win and they're in. Yeah. 
So I think they'll wait for that to happen. Probably by when we wake up tomorrow morning, we'll probably know the schedules. Yeah, my guess they're going to probably want Aaron Rodgers under the lights. Uh, probably like a Saturday night or Sunday night game would be my guess. But if it's Geno Smith, probably more of a midday affair would just be my guess of things of why they're probably waiting. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, I think it was a, a pretty well coached game considering the players we had on the field. Obviously, there was the fake field goal, which was a little bit goofy. Um, you know, the onside kick right out of the half. I didn't mind that, actually, um, because now you put in the minds of the Vikings now, like kind of looking forward a little bit towards the Vikings. When they come out of halftime, say, you know, we're kicking off in the second half. You never know. We might be. The, you know, the Vikings are going to have to think in the back of their heads, oh, maybe I shouldn't run back as quickly in return, uh, you know, to try to get back and get my blocks from my punt uh, for my kick return and let me stay up for another second in case they do a fake um and I think that's that's something that could be valuable and you know could give the Giants hey five ten yards in the kick return you never know how valuable that could be so I think that was a good idea fake field goal not as much um especially considering how tight the game ended up being at the end um I think it would have been uh, more beneficial for the Giants if they uh you know, if they had actually kicked the field goal there, whatever it was, 49 yards with Graham Gano, uh, who probably would have made it uh, from that distance. It kind of felt like, honestly, a game of Madden out there uh, with like the fake field goals and the onside kicks. It felt like me playing Madden, as I'm sure Alex would say, as uh, I, I try a lot of onside kicks in our games. But um, I think let's go to the stats now and we can talk about the Madden games later. Uh, let's start out with Davis Webb, our quarterback of this one, going 23 for 40, 168 yards, about four yards per throw and one touchdown. Gary Brightwell had 11 carries for 60 yards. Davis Webb uh, also ran the ball too. Pretty mobile. Six carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he ran, he trucked a guy, and that was his first uh, touchdown of his NFL career. So pretty exciting stuff for Mr. Webb. Catching the ball, Lawrence Cager. Who would have thought it? Lawrence Cager led the New York Giants uh, when it came to receiving yards with eight catches for 69 yards. Marcus Johnson second there. Three catches, 36 yards. Kenny Galladay, two catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. An absolutely insane one-handed catch uh, to give the Giants their second touchdown of the game. I mean, insanity. What else are you going to say about Kenny Galladay? Gets paid four, do- uh, four years, $72 million, probably won't be on this team next year. And uh, making big plays when it doesn't matter in the last game of the regular season once the Giants have already clinched. You, it, just, it, just, it really writes itself, doesn't the script. Doesn't the script write itself? So, Josh, I think, is he still going to get cut at the end of the season? Or do we think this catch is going to give him a new, you know, maybe $80 million deal over three years? Um, I would think it would be a very safe move not to keep him on the roster. But Are you sure yeah, about that? Yeah, I think I'm pretty positive. I think I'm pretty positive. <laughs> Funny thing is, what? It not only was it a, a touchdown pass for Kenny Gall, a catch for Kenny Galladay, it was an amazing catch. I'm looking at that replay. It was crazy. I lost my mind. Uh, everyone did. We saw. I saw Justin on Twitter uh, from Talking Giants losing his mind about it. I FaceTimed Josh as soon as it happened. Um, I was like hysterical. It, it was funny, um, but it was also, I guess, a positive sign for this team. I guess he still has, um, you know, he is still somewhat popular in the locker room because there were a whole bunch of players congratulating him and all happy for him, uh, all things considered. Um, you know, considering his performance, I would say with the Giants these past couple of years. But 
Do I think this is going to get him any more uh, playoff reps? Probably not. Um, maybe a couple here and there um, on maybe some third and long situations. But besides that, um, I think they'll probably end up going back to Isaiah Hodgins, who's had a you know consistently good season for the Giants. But it is nice to know uh, that Kenny Galladay is capable of making that type of play still. And, um, you know, I'm I'm a little bit uh, heartbroken at, at the same time that it's like, oh, this, you know, this one glimpse of what Kenny Galladay should have been, because uh, that's what Kenny Galladay should have been doing this whole time. And it's kind of sad. Imagine if we had that alpha number one wide receiver that we all thought we had when we signed Kenny Galladay. Daniel Jones, he was going to get, he was going to get 1,200 yards a season. He was going to be a top 10 receiver in the NFL. I mean, look how great he was with the Lions. I mean, it was just amazing. Look how good of a contested catch guy he was. Yeah, he didn't get much separation, but my God, his hands were good. Didn't turn out to be the case with the Giants, but uh, I guess a a little bit of reward at the end here, and maybe he makes a play or two in the playoffs. Who knows? Um, But probably his last, his first and last uh, touchdown pass with the New York Giants, and I'm curious to see uh, what happens to him after he leaves the Giants, to be honest. Are people going to be still interested in picking him up? I don't know. Uh, I think that's going to be something that'll be fun to watch in the off season. Yeah, and that, that really does it for our game recap. Honestly, uh, there there isn't really much to focus on unless you really want to talk about uh, Jamie Gillen's many punts in this game, six to be exact. Uh, okay, punts. That's really all I have to all I have to say there. Um, not a good QB though. Not a good QB. Hopefully, we figured no, that out. No, definitely not. And I do not need any more trick plays like that in our wild card game against the Vikings, please. And thank you. And just leave it at that. Uh, so, Alex, I mean, I guess the last thing we talked about, we already said the Giants are going to be playing the Minnesota Vikings in this wild card game. Uh, Revenge game. Basically. And I guess just what do you have to say without giving too much away going into our preview later in the week? By no means do I think the Giants are favorite in this favorites in this game. I don't think they are whatsoever, but I think this is the best team the Giants could have played. Uh, you know, Eagles not have, have not done well against them either games this season. Cowboys have not done well against them in either games this uh, in either game this season. 49ers are just a really really good team, and I think the Vikings are just oddly inconsistent at times. Kirk Cousins is not the most consistent. That whole team is not the most consistent. Not the greatest defense. And for, I think, the biggest thing here is that the Giants were able to play toe-to-toe with them, uh, you know, a couple weeks back on New Year or on Christmas Eve. So I think this is the best possible matchup the Giants could have hoped for uh, in this situation. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see where... Uh, you know, how this game goes against the Vikings. We'll have more details, obviously, in the preview, like you mentioned. It'll be a fun preview episode, lots to talk about, so make sure to stay tuned. That'll probably come out Thursday or Friday, depending on the uh, day of the uh, wild card game. True, true, very true, yeah, because if it's the Saturday game, we might push that. Forgot to yeah, mention might... that, yeah. Saturday, it'll come out Thursday. Yeah, yeah it has to push go. out a day early, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see once we get the schedule. Um, maybe if we can have time, we could also throw out some YouTube short content if we get stuff <clears throat> throughout the week. We'll have to see. But yeah, I completely agree with you from what we saw today, especially with the 49ers against the uh, Cardinals. Brock Purdy just keeps on getting better and better, uh, better and better from what it seems like every single week of the season. Um, and the 49ers absolutely crushed the Cardinals today. So 
Uh, without further ado, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, I had some technical difficulties with my recording today, so hopefully you don't have to see or hear a lot of that. Hopefully we, behind the scenes, production-wise, can uh, get that fixed and I can get my Wi-Fi fixed because... I think we clutched up. I think we clutched up here, Josh. So annoying, man. It's, I, I, it's been the past few days of <laughs> shitty Wi-Fi and I just haven't done anything about it. So hopefully I could do something about it. But anyway, uh, yeah. Giants are in the playoffs. They're going to be facing the Minnesota Vikings next weekend. Super excited for it. <clears throat> a couple of ways to support us. Subscribe, whether you're listening on audio or watching us on YouTube. Drop a like button if you're watching on YouTube. Um, rate us five stars. Um, you can follow us on social media, Twitter and TikTok, The Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook, The Giant Take Podcast. Alex is on Twitter at anorian 23 I'm on Twitter at joshola 29 shipstudioscom slash giant take to find most places to listen to this podcast. Um, and all that will be in the description or podcast notes. Alex, go ahead. Before we uh, send this one out, I do want to have one funny tidbit for everyone. Darius Slay, otherwise known as Big Play Slay, uh, just tweeted or quote tweeted the Giants tweet from almost a year ago at this point saying, we have released James Bradbury. And he said, we thank you. Um, I guess a little dig at the Giants here. Obviously not too secure with the fact that he just got burnt by the great Kenny G, future Hall of Famer. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the Giant Tick Podcast. And we'll see you all next time with our first playoff preview. Let's go Giants. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.